Hey, it's Mike. Welcome to Intergalactic, the podcast about the greatest sci-fi movies and TV of all time. You stumbled upon another episode of our series called Essential Stargate, in which we talk about some of the most essential Stargate episodes uh, of all time. Right now we're doing Stargate SG-1, nearing the end of Season 1. And I'm here with um, Stargate expert, Clyde Haynes. What's up, Clyde? Uh, he couldn't make it, but in his you know, <laughs> absence, I am here. Hide claims. Mirrorverse Clyde. <laughs> the Mirrorverse Clyde. Yeah, I was going to ask about that goatee you got going on. <laughs> and Mirrorverse Clyde has hair as well. Yes. You, you got a amazing. do going on. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I I do love me a Mirrorverse episode. And the episode we're talking about today is Therefore... Uh, Their butt for the grace of God. The synopsis goes, an alien artifact transports Daniel to an alternate reality where he is not part of the Stargate program and the gold led by Teal'c are fucking invading Earth, bro. This is episode 19 of season one, story by David Kemper, teleplay by Robert C. Cooper, directed by David Worry Smith, original air date. We're still in showtime, still the showtime years. Uh, 220, Is season two in sci-fi or how long does it take this thing to get to the sci-fi channel? I think it's like the first three seasons of so the first three are showtime. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now let me ask you this. Is there a, a remarkable change or any in, like visual or story changes when they jump to sci-fi? Do you remember? Y- yes um i think it has a bit of a different feel like how do i say this showtime it felt like they were doing they were doing it because they wanted to um and then oh wow five seasons this is uh yeah the first five seasons were on showtime and, really that long wow yeah and then then sci-fi channel bought it um it, it when sci-fi picked it up it felt like it was it was made for tv it became and sci-fi tv right so if you think about it when it was on sci-fi or a showtime it really had this feel of like i don't want to say prestige television but it was like hey this is a drama we can do things, so maybe we should do things, but it's it's for the Showtime audience. When Sci-Fi picked it up, it was like, we got you, nerds. And it kind of felt like, cause it's almost as though on Showtime, it felt like, hey, we're going to tell a story. Like, the movie was really good, we're going to tell that story. And Sci-Fi said, no, we're going to create a series that's going to go on for a long time a long period and when you really think about it at that time this was like the marquee show for sci-fi yeah right it was never the marquee show for showtime yeah right and so it had a different kind of it felt like i don't know it, it just felt like there was a, there was some quirkiness to it it felt like it just felt to me on sci-fi it was a tad lighter hmm. um so maybe not as dark. Not, yeah, but and also it just felt like it stopped worrying about whether or not it was going to get canceled. Okay, yeah. So 
listener, you can probably tell uh, Clyde or Hyde Claims here is a Stargate OG. And I have not seen very much of SG-1 working my way through the key episodes here with Clyde as my guide. And also as our guide is GateWorld.net with their list of key episodes of of, uh, SG-1. So we're working our way through that list nearing the end of season one. So yeah, I always have all these questions about the show. Like, is this going to happen? What's going to change? What's what's the deal with this? And if you're just joining us, we've been covering, um, this is maybe our 12th episode of season one. Um, and we started with the movie. So feel free to jump back to our previous episodes and watch along there. And watch along with us as we go, because we're going to be covering season two pretty soon. And after this episode, what was set up here, I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, Clyde, tell me about your opinion of this episode there, but for the grace of God. You know, I Christmas time shows up. One of my favorite movies is It's a Wonderful Life. Um, I kind of, I listen, every, I feel like every show has a Scrooge a version i appreciate them at times so this idea of what would happen if i wasn't around is an interesting question Mm. and so that's what this is what we what we get is we get an episode that's both a look at what if things were different it's you know daniel jackson gets to see hey what is the what would happen if i was never part of the sg of the sgc which what is, would happen if I was replaced by this old lady? Well, here's the thing that's interesting <laughs> about that, right? Is yeah. that if we go back to our very first episode where we talked about the 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 movie, you know, mm-hmm. Stargate the movie, she's right. In the movie, he says no. Right? And he was a bit of a jerk. Right? Yeah, yeah. But that's a that was a different character, you know. Um, well, I mean, my boy just got off stage where he was booed for like 20 minutes for his weird conspiracy theories he wasn't in the best mood so i give him a little i give him a little rope there and that character was also just a very different embodiment of daniel jackson you know he was walking around talking about you know buck buck chicken buck, buck. like that <laughs> guy was just very different so but in that he he was a bit of a jerk he did say no and she had to convince him right it, it's one of those things is like what would happen if he had just said no like that moment is the trigger and the answer was she would have basically stole his research in order to figure it out. And she would have figured it out. I think it's also funny that you look at it and go, when she allowed him to be, you know, to solve the riddle, she was no longer part of the Stargate program. They kind of forced her out. Whereas when she stole his research and she started it, she basically led the program. Right. So, you know, I find this whole thing. You asked me what I think. It was fascinating. Like, I, I, I like it. And then you got this this bit of, you know, again, thinking about like Scrooge. Oh, here's what I need to know. Like, here's what would happen. And so now when I wake up or go back through the, you know, the mirror, I now have this bit of information that kind of wakes us all up. Right. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about it, you know, Mike, we've been trucking along through 20 episodes, you know, 19 episodes at this point. 
where we've seen just a little bit of Apophis, right? Yeah. And probably less than, you know, than there is there because we've been hopping around. Mm-hmm. And there's a bit like there, there's some times where we show up like there's the there's the the Knox episode, right, where he is really annoyed with him. But but for somebody who's the embodiment of pure evil. We give him this pass of like he's just not around. So the idea that he's making his way to Earth slowly but surely, surely. Yeah, that tracks. Like, that's what you do if you're really angry, upset, and an evil dude. You don't just be like, oh, man, those guys are getting on my nerves. I guess I'll just deal with them the next time we bump into them. That is not what you do. And and it's kind of funny that the SGC has largely been like, we're going to traipse around the universe in our new fancy Stargate, and we're going to free people. We're going to largely make his life tough. And everything's gonna be okay. This episode is is kind of like, hey, here's and he, and T, I know you love Christopher Judge. What would happen I if do. there was no Tilk? Right? Yeah. No heart. No heart. No soul. So I ultimately I I like this episode, but I'm also aware that this is a primer of things to come. Like even the way it ended and we can get into it. I'm jumping around, but ultimately like there's a, I left this episode with a sense of anticipation. Yes. And I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you after our, our last pod, we looked over and it was getting interesting. And I was like, Oh, I think the next episode is good. Because I watched this, I end up watch, watching like oosh, four or five episodes in a row. Hell yeah. Like just binged it because the next group is just, it was good starting with this one. So it, it, it leaves you with the sense of anticipation. I think in, you know, with my view, my current viewing habits at the time, I would have been super annoyed that I had to wait a whole week yeah. to get another episode. You're in the future, baby. Don't got to wait. I know. It's beautiful. We're in the future. Uh, yeah, I did start watching the next one right after this. And then uh, I had to run some errands, so I stopped in the middle of it. But it was good because this one leads right into the next one. Mm-hmm. We were thinking about covering both of them on this episode. But uh, we'll, we'll figure out what we're going to cover and mm-hmm. how we're going to cover the next three because they're all kind of connected, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like this one a lot. I thought... Um, for the first half of the episode, maybe the first 20 minutes, it was kind of a slog because I'm, <laughs> it takes them a whole like 25 minutes to figure out, oh, that, that one weird device that you poked in front of the mirror, uh, is what made you, uh, it's, is what zapped you to the mirror verse. Uh, it, it like, cause it, it's always kind of annoying when, um, you're a viewer and you're way ahead of the characters on the central mystery of the episode, right? It's like, we already know what happened. He picked up that glowy device. He stood in front of the mirror. He got zapped. Which he into never should have done. He absolutely Which he never should have done. Been. Yeah. Touch it. As soon as he started raiding that little, you know, lab, I was like, dude, something you're going to take from there is going to fuck you up. Don't do that. But, but here, here's the thing about that, Mike, is that you got to keep in mind, we're, we're something like, seven seasons or something like that ahead of 
Atlantis. Do you know what they know about Atlantis at that point? They know that when you walk into a room with a bunch of stuff, that's not a museum. It's a laboratory. And the first thing they think about doing is not touching stuff. Because if you <laughs> absolutely bump into yep. something, like yep. all hell's going to break out. But this is where they learn that lesson, right? Right. And, okay. And I would like to say this is the last time Daniel finds himself in a lab and touches something. It's not. Um, he's <laughs> curious by nature. So he's always like, oh, what's this? Oh, no, my head is yellow. Like, it's just <laughs> glowing. Like, what's this? I need this. I need one of these. I need one of these. Going to take one of these. Yeah. Yeah, that's Daniel Jackson. And you know what? Up to this point, that was pretty consistent with his character. It's like, oh, man, there's a bunch of shit I can learn from here. Oh, we got to go because it's dangerous. Wait an hour. I'm going to get I'm going to do some research first. It's like, no, mm-hmm. let's go leave everything there. Oh, shit, you're in trouble. So, yeah, that, make, that makes perfect sense. I just I kind of wish Daniel had figured it out a little more quicker, you know, when he got to the alt universe. Um, I can kind of understand where he's like, did time change that I go back and ruin something or, you know, but uh, is it a, you know, DeLorean, you know, Biff situation that's happening, but no, it's, it's an alternate timeline. I love that Samantha Carter is the one who reminds everybody about the Einstein theory and, uh, you know, she's used pretty great in this episode, even though it's not our Carter. Um, and I really like seeing the changes that's always the fun part right i think in star trek it goes a little too wild sometimes where it's just like we're in the mirror verse everybody's evil no one like even even the people on the same side are trying to kill each other and you know in the mirror verse in star trek it's just wild and it's fun um but here you get some changes that actually make sense um o'neill did not go to Abydos and never worked through the feelings and the trauma of losing his son um, with the Abydos mission where he met, um, oh God, what is that young character's name who's still lost? Yeah, um, Skara. Skara, yeah. You know, so he had that relationship with Skara and all the kids there that really helped him work through that trauma. Um, and not be such a depressed, you know, a militaristic person. And he never went through that. So here he is the, uh, just lean and mean, let's, let's blow things up, you know, general who hasn't really lightened up at all and is hard to deal with and very taciturn more than usual. Mike, you're, you're, you're spot on about something that I find is really interesting, right? Like a minute ago, you said it took them 25 minutes to figure out. I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you that they could have got there faster. Right. Like it was a lot of running around going, well, what happened now? Part of how I rationalize that is in 1997, how many mirror verses did, did we actually have at that point? Right. Thanks to Dr. Strange and the MCU, you say mirrorverse and everybody's like, I know what it is. But I'm wondering, like back the in multiverse. Yeah. the multiverses, like across the, the, the spider-verse, like today it's like, oh man, it's super common. But I'm trying to think back in like 97, is this like new for us? And so if it's new no, for us, I mean, 
Star Trek Mirrorverse episodes have been around since the 60s. You know? Absolutely. But, and I think that what I look at from Daniel Jackson is it's new to him. So it took him a while to get there. I still think we didn't need it because to your point, I think Jack goes to Abydos, but without Daniel, the question is, well, what happened on Abydos? Right. You're right. He never meets Scara. So, well, so they, we know that they open up the, the Stargate. I would have really enjoyed knowing more about the differences. Like what happened to Jack? Like, did they, did they go to Abydos or not? No, it was the Jaffa homeworld they didn't go to, right? Yeah. They did not go to Chulak. They, right. But they did go to the Abydos. Right. And they would never go to Chulak because they, like, when I think they originally followed and went to Chulak, that's where they, like the whole thing with, the question is like, who's coming for them? I don't know that they actually said who's coming. Like, what happened with Ra? Is Ra still around? Like, right. did they kill Ra? Because, um, again, if they never meet Daniel Jackson, then Daniel Jackson never stays on, in Abydos, so they never come back. Like, there's a lot that happened. It would have been really fun to unpack that a little bit because they met Tilk, right? Tilk wasn't in the movie. We meet Tilk when they follow or they figure out where to go. And, or what was it? They took the woman, they showed up in the pilot and they took that Air Force um, person. The, the woman because they were they were looking for hosts that's really and then they followed them because somebody you know uh one of the, i can't remember his name but he was played in the movie by french stewart mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he memorizes the gate and they follow they get captured and that's when they convince tilk so in this timeline none of that happens right so for all we know, they go to Abydos and come back. Or do they? That's another question. Like, th- see, I'm pulling on threads now because again, in the movie, they go to Abydos because they unlock the Stargate and clearly they know how to get places. How, how do they figure out how to get back? Because we know in the movie, Daniel Jackson is the one who they get through and they're like, Oh, it's different. Who did that and how? Like, I've got so many questions now. Right. Which would have been really yeah. interesting in the first 25 minutes to explore that <laughs> rather than the chasing around. Uh, I don't know how I got here. How are you not know me? Like, what? Yeah. Pl- am I going crazy? Like, that was an interesting take. Well, but I, yeah. W- wait a minute. This is different. Next scene. Hey, this is different. <laughs> it's yes. like, come on, man. <laughs> like, yeah. What are you saying? Stop. How do you know this stuff? Well, clearly, he's not your Daniel Jackson. The. uh the good stuff came halfway through this episode where Jackson mm, pretty much understands what's happening to him and starts to engage with the characters a little more. They engage back. And then of course they're under attack by the gold led by Tilk. And that's interesting. I didn't think about this. You don't know if it's Apophis or if it's um, Ra. Ra. You have no idea at this point, which makes it even more interesting. But yeah, you have Tilk come in he has this badass braid that mm-hmm. he's never had before. Um, and, and fucking this version of O'Neill has wiped out Teal's entire family and friends. And Brace Act and, and any yeah. hope of a resistance. Exactly. Yeah. So 
you know, I, I like the, um, I like the moral perspective there that Stargate is keeping up. It's like, no, this should not be about, um, subjugating other races or, uh, going and stealing their technology and just invading and colonizing or whatever. This is about exploration. This is about learning. This is about, um, enrichment, right? Um, and in this alternate universe, it seems because they were under these extreme circumstances, it wasn't about that at all. It was a little more militaristic. Um, they could have made it a little darker, I think, but um, the differences were definitely noticeable. What do you think? Do you think it would have been better if they were like super, you know, like just hardcore uh, militia people instead of, you know, as SGC, just like shoot first, ask questions later? Not without a reason, right? Like, there would have been something that would have had to cause that, right? Like, like I'm looking at it, and now you've pulled on another string that I'm thinking is a bit of an, an interesting dynamic. What we know is, Tilk is... So, Rod dies in the movie, right? The movie ends with Ra's death. And the whole issue is, Apophis shows up, and they think, oh, Ra's, Ra is alive, yeah. right? That's the interesting dynamic. It's like, well, how, why and how does he show up? Because Tilk is Apophis's like first Jaffa, right. right? And so it's like, well, if I've got question there, but to that point, I haven't seen anything, with the exception of the you're coming to kill everybody on our planet. We haven't seen anything that would give them that motivation to just go psychopathic. Right now. I think what we do see is Tilk who was open to turning on the Jaffa or turning on the, the Gwauld. He's, you know, Jack talks to him and the issue becomes well, yes, I did want to free my son. Because for if you remember, for Tilk, his big thing was he was losing faith in the Gwauld. Um, he did not believe they were gods, but didn't think that anybody could do it. And his part of what did that was his becoming a father and going, I don't want my son to live this slave life I have lived. I want my son to be free. That is what motivates Tilk at his very center. And so when Jack appeals to him, he's like, yes, but you killed everyone I've ever loved about, right? You killed my wife, right? Who at this point, they're still good because he hasn't turned traitor. You killed my wife, you killed my son, and you killed my mentor and father figure, right? You blew up everybody I know. And the result is he shoots Jack, right? <laughs> and so I think we see that that action caused Tilt to be unreceptive and a little bit darker and more callous, but we still even see in the last moment he hesitated in that moment because he's thinking, mm, if Ryak can be alive in another universe, just maybe. Like, Tilt, Tilt did not have to miss. And my next question was, he could have followed him through. That's true. Yeah, he doesn't, does he? Yeah, because every he lost everything, 
Mm-hmm. In in the alt universe, so why not just go to the other universe? That well, I mean, obviously, because that would complicate things for the writers. Yes, <laughs> but man, that would be cool. Oh, I wonder if this version of Tilt comes back to complicate shit. Don't answer that. I want to. I want to keep it as a what if. Well, speaking of what ifs, what what other um, differences or changes in characters and and vibe uh, were you into with this episode? I, you know, I think for the will they, won't they, you know, O'Neill, Carter, Shippers, um, we got to see that without them being in the same line of command, somehow the universe has pulled them together so that they would, in this in this universe, they are engaged, which I thought was very cool. Um, you know, it was interesting. Samantha Carter, not as an Air Force, but just truly as Dr. Carter. Um, I thought it was fascinating that what you saw was without all the stuff that happened in Stargate, the movie in the first episode, really what you're looking at is Jack O'Neill becomes general and Hammond is Colonel. Right? Like, that's fascinating. That was strange. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I didn't love that. Like, I was like, oh, I, I like Hammond as Hammond. Um, but yeah, every, everybody was a little bit darker. Everybody was a little bit more, a little bit more still dealing with their trauma. I was surprised to see, um, I'm sure he gets a name later, but the technician, the gate technician, like oh, yeah. actually pick up a machine gun and fight. That was cool. Yeah. That was- like, oh, this guy can stand up. All right. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what was interesting, like a question that was answered to me or interesting, and this is going to feel mean. Mm. But there's a question of like, why didn't they keep Catherine Langford kind of as part of the team? And I got to say her like this episode being her having a big role in it did nothing for me. Yeah. like. I like her as a reoccurring character here and there, but her as, and I don't know what it is. I don't know if she's too serious or what, but it just, it, I, well, it, I mean, I think, for me. I think in this episode, the focus is really on Daniel because at this point, I think the showrunners realize that Shanks can carry a lot of an episode. He is really fun and charismatic and interesting, and he just does everything they need him to do. He's like a Swiss army knife. He can be the super smart guy in the room. He can be the super confused guy in the room. He can be funny. He can be serious. Um, Yeah, he could do anything they throw at him. So um, that's just a reminder of of what a good of, of what good of a perform. That's just a reminder of how good of a performer he is. And how funny he is to watch on screen. I mean, he's Teal's my favorite character. Christopher Judge is my favorite actor on the show. But yeah, number two has to be Shanks as Daniel Jackson. Like he's he's also the heart of the show. Um, so yeah, replacing him with Langford <laughs> would definitely have a different vibe. So yeah, I'm kind of glad we have uh, Daniel Jackson at the center there. Yeah, I... Um... I'm just like Shanks is he does a fantastic job in in this one. Um you know, we're always looking at like can we get a centric episode? 
this was a Daniel Jackson Daniel Jackson centric episode without it being like his backstory or his origin story or anything like that. We get enough of that. Um, but I thought it was really good for to see him lead, and we were able to lean on him. Like I, they did a good job. So since Daniel witnesses the attack on Earth by the Gould in this alternate universe. And it's just, it seems like it's just going to be a decimation. Like they take out Air Force One, like it's a mosquito on your shoulder, you know, and then they're coming for the gate. And the only thing the SGC can do is blow up the base, right? Um, I had, I mean, I understand that he sees this happen and he's like, okay, this could happen in the prime universe. So I, I got to start preparing over there, but I don't get the urgency for it. Like, like he, like he gets home and right away, like he's shot and they're like, Oh, we need to help you. He's like, no, 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 they're coming. It's like, well, they're not coming now. Or are they, or why would he think that they're already on their way? You know what I mean? Like we haven't had much evidence to that um, it's, before. I think it's 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 a, a hunch, right? And I think what yeah. he's looking at is, as mirror verses go, this one's really close, right? Like I think we've been identified. Okay, there's yeah. one significant change, and that change is he wasn't involved in the program, right? And so he's looking at this and going. If that's the big change, then there's a good chance that there's a gold armada headed to Earth because we knew it was going to take forever to get there. Like we always get, we've always talked about, like if they're coming, it's going to take a, a really long time. And so he's looking and going, are they already on their way? And and I think what he realizes and what we all see is, if they showed up, there's nothing we could do. Yeah. Okay. Right. Like like. Like, think about it. Like, there's, there's no tech. The truth of the matter is, SGC is not prepared. It's not ready for the goal to show up yet. Right? Now, they got no defenses. They got, there's nothing that could stop them. And so he got to see that up close and personal of, like, whatever we do, we got to convince them not to come to Earth. We've got to be, like, it's, it's, it feels like there's this delicate balance of, we need to be a, a nuisance out in the galaxy, so they want to come to us there, but not such a nuisance that they're like, okay, we need to stomp these cats where they live. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I buy that now. Um, and I guess, do the gold in the Prime Universe, do they have the gate address, or do they know where Earth is? Because I'm thinking of Atlantis. Like, the Wraith never know where the base is. That's what keeps them safe. Yes. Well, the thing about the Atlantis base is it moves, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think one thing that we know about gate travel from Atlantis um, is when you move a planet, your gate address changes, right? But, and I would say, here's what we know about the gold, right? We know two things. One, that Apophis absolutely sent somebody to get the old airmen who started this whole thing, right? Right, right. They sent somebody. And initially, 
the, when we first see the iris, they're just sending J- Jaffa against, you know, bugs on a windshield. Mm-hmm. So that's right. Yeah. To me, they absolutely know. Now, I think what is said in those early episodes is that the assumption is that it's destroyed, right? That they sent so much stuff through to the, through to the gate that it must be destroyed. So I think that's the thing is that they realize that trying to get through the earth gate is not helpful. The weird thing is what we know about that hasn't really been talked about is the second gate, mm-hmm. right? The Atlantic, the, the Antarctica gate. So they might come through there. Okay. But they also have ships, right? They have ships. Yeah. And so the thought yeah. is like, look, like if we can, if we can bring our ships, then we can just bombard them for heaven because or from, from the heavens. And the thought is, look, they tried to come through the gate and that has not proved effective. Right. However, they're aware that the Tari don't quite have the level of technology that they have. They haven't seen any Tari ships. Yeah. So I think they figured out that like, look, if we show up with our tech, there's Mm -hmm. nothing that they could do. Which makes the prospect of the next episode, the season finale and the season two opener pretty exciting for me because Obviously, this attack is going either going to happen or it's it's starting to happen, you know. So the fact that these characters have no idea how to how to deal with it or completely unprepared is pretty exciting because that means Stargate's going to do what Stargate does best. It's going to use its human ingenuity uh, among all these characters to figure this shit out. Right. So that's that sounds like fun. And this seems like an end of the world type scenario. So yeah, that'd be cool. Um, give me a preview of the next few episodes or how this arc, uh, ends up like, like, do you think it's, uh, it's pretty solid? Yes. Um, okay. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, there's some tension and, you know, it's one of those things where Daniel Jackson, like we're gonna he's back now, right? And so in the next episodes, the question is, are we at that point where people just believe what he what he says? Right? Like I it's one of those things that I say about like my job at work, right? Is that I work in a field where I've been doing what I've been doing for like twenty plus years. But to my to the company I work for it's it's brand new. So when I come in and say, hey, we need to spend $100,000 on this piece of tech and it's going to make everybody's life better, I get a lot of people looking at me funny. And then I got to go through business requirements documents and pitches and demos and all this stuff only for us to arrive at this, the conclusion that I said we were going to arrive at is that where they go, here's $100,000. Great. We could have saved ourselves six months if you just trusted me and listened to me in the beginning, right? Yeah. Why'd you hire me? Yeah. Yeah. And my thought is at some point in the future, my track record will be such that I'll show up and go, hey, we need to spend $100,000 on this project. And they'll go, yes. And then they'll say, now that I've said yes, go do that. Fill me in on what's going on, right? 
I feel like Daniel Jackson, largely, definitely Daniel Jackson, and Tilt to some degree, because they seem to be the outsiders, um, they're at a point where it's still early. And Daniel, like, Tilt would be like, we've got to go now. And they're like, hold on, buddy. Why we got to go? What's the big yeah. deal? And Tilt is That's like, what happens in this episode, yeah. Yes. And so this is a situation where we saw it happen in kind of the alternate mirror universe. You know, part of what we're going to get is he's going to go back and he's going to be like, I've seen this. And you get a lot of like, really? Like, why should I be moved? It's like, how many times do I have to tell you? Like, yeah, but that seemed like a them problem and not a me problem. So there's <laughs> a little bit of that. Yeah. And then get into the, yeah, if you would just listen to me, now we've got to deal with this. And, and it gets pretty exciting. Like, you, 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 you got to deal with the fact, like, I mean, I don't, don't want to say spoiler alert, but like, I would say this. If all of this is happening and nobody shows up, wouldn't that be boring? Yes. Right? Very much. Yeah. Very so, much. So, as a result, the idea is you got to figure that somebody's going to show up. There's some type of conflict that we're working to. We're about to have a three-episode arc. Something's going to happen. And so that's pretty exciting. All right. And I'm looking forward to it. And those are the next few episodes we'll be covering. So what what do you want to do? Do you want to cover politics and then the other two together? Or what should we do? I think it's tough, right? Like, I, I could see that. I would say this, you have to cover when I, when I watched this, I thought you have to cover the season finale and the season opener together because Mm -hmm. that, that is just, you have to politics, like politics is a, it's not even like the penultimate episode of the season where like a lot of times those are like, wow, that was a great episode in and of its own self. This feels like, and I have to go back and look at it again, but it feels like it's really connected. So if we just do politics, there's going to be some excitement about getting to the other two. So why don't you finish politics and then call me? Okay. And then you tell, like, when you get to the end, what I want you to don't, I want you to finish politics before you go on to the last episode then like text me or call me and and i want to get your feeling then like like if you feel like what you've just seen is enough for us to podcast about gotcha yeah 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 and if not we'll do the other two okay we'll do the other two okay here's what's going to happen though so the reason why i'm saying text me at that moment is because mike when you finish politics you're going to watch the other two Okay, well, that's probably what we'll do. We'll probably just like cover the the ending arc, but I will let you know, like if if there's something really meaty that happens in politics that I want to spend like 20, 30 minutes on, then, you know, we'll see. But yeah, I'll let you know. Okay, so that's what we'll do. That's what we'll do, listeners. We have that vague plan. (laughs) I'm excited because when we started this project, I felt like I was constantly apologizing. Right, <laughs> like here you are. You're watching. It's like this is supposed to be one of the greatest sci-fi franchises ever. Really, 
And I'm apologizing for, so, and I'm going, Mike, they're finding their footing. They're trying to figure out who they are. It gets better. It gets, it gets better. We're finally at that point where I'm like, I got to say, no, just watch. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. We're leading up to some good shit. I can tell. All right, Clyde, what else do you want to talk about in terms of Stargate tonight? Uh, just that I'm excited for where we're going. Um, and as we're watching this, I still think it's amazing that we're looking at something that happened like at this point, 27 years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, like the question that as, as we're wrapping up the first season, the question I'd ask for you, Mike, is 27 years later, does it hold up? Yes. So far, yes. Considering that this is that old and it was trying to find itself and appeal to a mass audience in its first season, it's good. And it could have been a lot worse. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it holds up. I think it's good. But yeah, let's keep asking that question because I'm like, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens next. Okay, cool, cool. Well, listener, um, we'll be back to cover those final episodes, most likely. So keep an eye out for the feed. And you can follow us at Intergalactic Pod on threads and on, what's the other one? Instagram. You can sub to the pod and follow the pod. Uh, everywhere you get podcasts, just go to intergalacticpod.co. We got some other podcast series there. Essential sci-fi movies. Uh, Clyde and I covered... Star Trek First Contact recently. That's that episode's gonna drop in a couple weeks. Uh we also have sci-fi B sides where I occasionally talk about uh B movies and B level TV shows. Um and Clyde, you need to come on that one too. That's a fun one. Okay. We also have a Babylon 5 series that comes out every other week, uh, where I just kind of dive into some of the best uh Babylon 5 episodes. So check that out. And Clyde, where can we find you online? You can find me at X on uh, at Clyde Hanks, and you can find me on Thursdays uh, at the Discovery, the Star Trek Discovery Pod, where we talk about all things Trek. I think this week we are going over the first half of season three as we get ready for the season four premiere, the fight or not the season four premiere, the final premiere season mm-hmm. of Star Trek Discovery. That final season premiere is premiering here in Austin uh, at South by in a couple of weeks. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I think some of the cast is going to be here. I'm pretty sure Mariah is trying to get in Mariah, the, your co-host at Star Trek yes. pod. So yeah, that's cool. Um, okay. Great. And you can rub it in my face again, but she keeps meeting <laughs> Star Trek people. And yeah. I, for some reason am unavailable. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening. We'll talk soon. <laughs>